What's up, everybody? It's episode 113, 113 of the SoCo Show. This is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. Mmm. Mmm. And uh, even if you didn't realize it, uh, you are listening to our podcast through a brand new uh, podcast hosting service. Um, this isn't going to mean a lot to a lot of you, but we have changed our podcast hosting and so instead of using SoundCloud, which we were using before, uh, we're now using a service called Anchor, which is a great podcasting service. Uh, you'll hear more about them as we go on. We'll talk to you a little bit more about what that means. But uh, the main thing that you need to know is that our episodes will no longer be posting to SoundCloud. So if you're only following us on SoundCloud, um, please head over to Anchor or one of the other many uh, providers that... Uh, have our podcast and, and you can get it there but no longer will new episodes be posting to soundcloud so we want to make sure everyone's aware of that because we can't afford to lose any of you um <laughs> so uh head on over anchor.fm is the place you'll find the link t uh, directly to our podcast on uh in the description box down below uh exciting news though we are now on spotify for the first time uh, i know a lot of you out there are spotify listeners you can have our podcast right in there with all your other uh, you know, all your beats by, you know, Future and uh, I don't know who else is an artist. Taylor Swift, maybe. <laughs> uh, you could listen to Taylor Swift and then the SoCo show right back to back. Um, that would be pretty fucking sweet. So, again, if you're only listening on SoundCloud, we're going to post this uh, little announcement to SoundCloud. But make sure you're going to another provider to find us from here on out. Uh, new providers are being added every day to uh, sort of our platform. Anchor has been really great so far. We've been on it for about a week. We actually posted last week's episode through Anchor uh, as a test. And so uh, a couple things that you'll notice that will change about the show. We are going to start having ads in the show. Um, later on in a bit, you're going to hear an ad that we did for Anchor. And um, that's an opportunity for us to make a little bit of money, which is awesome. And, um, you know, we're happy to do the show for free. But if we can get a couple nickels uh, out of reading some words, then, then we're going to do that for sure. Because uh, we could certainly use nickels. Um, so, you know, for you, the listener, basically the only thing that's going to change, you, you might hear a few more ads. We'll always let you know when those are coming. Uh, they will be in the show uh, where we typically do ads. So... Other than that, though, uh, head over to anchor.fm. Give us a follow. Follow us on Sound, uh, not SoundCloud anymore, but Spotify uh, <laughs> you, you, is the new provider. We're still on Apple and Google and everywhere else you, you would expect to find podcasts. So um, just make sure you're not missing any new episodes. Also, as a part of Anchor, uh, you, the listener, will now have an opportunity to support our podcast, um, which feels weird for us to ask for because, I don't know, all we do is talk a bunch of dumb shit. But if you feel like slinging us a dollar or $5 or $10 a month to do this podcast, you can do it right through our Anchor site. Um, if you go to the link to our Anchor page in the uh, description down below, uh, you'll see a button that says support this podcast. And it's really easy to set up uh, your support. Even if it's just a buck a month, that, that's really going to help us. Uh, sort of improve on the podcast, new equipment, all sorts of things like that. So new underwear. we really appreciate new underwear. Or is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seth is always needing a fresh pair of underwear. Um, I've been after... rocking the uh, Fruit of the Loom since uh, freshman year of high school, so I need some <sighs> new ones. Seth is rocking his Sunday underwear, which means they're very holy. 
<laughs> and um, he'll be, uh, there we go. He'll be uh, hopefully sporting a new pair uh, if you go out and support. So links in the description box to our Anchor page, guys. Uh, go check it out. Give us a follow there. It's really going to help us out, even if you're listening in a different place. Head on over to Anchor and just uh, help us out with some traffic. And, of course, uh, share the podcast out to wherever, you know, whatever friends you have that listen to shows. Uh, they might like ours, so help us grow the audience. That's It's really going to help us out. It's We, we haven't... Uh, we haven't really made any money off this podcast and that was never really our goal, but we have a little bit of an opportunity to do that now. And we certainly would, would like to, um, get paid if we can. So, uh, if you can support us, uh, straight through the anchor page, great. Otherwise just listen, uh, share it out to other people, help us get a lot of traction on these episodes and that's going to help us get paid through ads as well. So, um, it's kind of a new, a new step for us and, and we're happy to continue to have the listeners that we've always had and hopefully add some new ones. So, uh, the quality of the show is only going up from here. We hope, um, but, uh, certainly excited we'll about see. anchor and, uh, we think they're going to provide a good service to us. So, uh, more to come on anchor. You'll hear an ad about them a little bit later in the show. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the update. That's the state of the podcast as it is today. So, uh, again, hopefully you don't notice a lot of difference, but, uh, for us, it's making things quite a bit easier, quite a bit faster and, uh, all sorts of benefits with anchor. So uh, if you yourself want to uh, have a podcast of your own, we would highly recommend anchor, uh, anchor.fm to get started on that. So, uh, that being said, that's, that's enough, uh, that's enough non entertainment bullshit because we have a lot of entertainment bullshit to get to today. And, uh, we're going to jump right into it but not before we get you some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Uh, Iron Sheik is deciding to give uh, some advice for those of us who have either lost our way or just lost something uh, in our lives. Uh, he wants to uh, help us out to, to help reclaim what we've lost. Iron Sheik says, please retrace your steps and go fuck yourself. You know, I think if I retraced my steps, I would end up going and fucking myself quite often. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I don't like that. I said oh, that's nasty. But if you've, if you've, if you lost your keys, that's pretty good advice from the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. Sponsor time. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box for 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Uh, Mathis Designs. You can find our good friend Steph Mathis on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Peed. And of course, we're going to have to start charging Mike for this ad. Uh, Mike's Wood <laughs> is found on Etsy.com slash shop slash corn fed and wed to get your wood worked. You didn't hear that one? <laughs> no, I heard it. I was just waiting for another little ender, but I guess that was that was just a nice, <laughs> nice, nice, quiet, polite orgasm uh, for Mike's wood. <laughs> we uh, we're gonna this this typically in the show, guys. Just so everyone knows, this is where we're gonna also put our ads, uh, our, our monetized ads. And so uh, let's kick it right now to our other sponsors for this week's episode. All right, great stuff, Co. Um, let's get into the show proper and we're going to start. This is a, this is also a little bit of a new thing, uh, that we're going to do. Uh, we're going to give you uh, a couple of headlines without elaborating. These are our quick hits for the week. All right, Seth, what we got? 
<laughs> All right, quick hits for the week. We'll start in movies. Uh, just announced today, Jonah Hill is cast in Matt Reeves' Batman as supposedly the Riddler. Ooh, I like it. Jonah Hill's great. What's next? Uh, in the world of TV, we have Glow's renewed for a fourth and final season. Ooh, final. That's uh, Is that going to be a tough show to say goodbye to? I think so. All right. What's next? And finally, uh, Smallville actors Tom Welling and Erica Durantz, who played uh, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, respectively, are going to be in the crossover event, Crisis on Infinite Earths, as Clark Kent and Lois Lane. Ooh. A lot of people uh, coming back for that one. It's a veritable who's who of Superman actors. Are they going to have the uh, one woman from the sex cult? Do you know? Uh, Doubtful. (laughs) Doubtful. All right. No sex cult in the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. (laughs) And that is the quick hits. That's quick hits. (laughs) (laughs) I like it already, Uh, dude. I think it's a keeper. uh, I was hoping you'd do the three three punches. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let us know if you guys like quick hits. Uh, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at SoCo Show Pod. Uh, let us know what you think. For now, though, uh, we got a lot of show to get to, guys. Uh, we're going to talk about the Emmys. We got TV Corner is back after a hiatus. Uh, we got a really fun Mambo number five. We're going to talk quotes. Seth missed the boat and is catching up on something new this week. Couple movie reviews and a whole lot more. So let's jump into it. We're going to start uh, by talking Emmys. Let's get into TV. That's what she said. TV. All right, Seth. Did you uh, did you watch any of the Emmys? I did not. Yeah, I I did not either. But I'm looking at a list of the winners uh, from from the uh, the big show, and so we'll just run them down. Uh, let me get your reaction to some of this. If you think some of this this um, some of this stuff was uh, well deserved, or if you think anybody got ripped off, uh, we'll start at the top with our best comedy and best drama. Uh, no surprise here. Game of Thrones wins best drama Seth I know a lot of people were really down on this latest season but you had to have expected Game of Thrones all the way here yeah that that was that was pretty expected but honestly what I didn't expect was them to not win as many other categories (laughs) in the night yeah it was pretty spread around uh best comedy now we knew Fleabag was going to be a threat but I personally was pulling for Veep I know there were a couple other shows that people liked Mrs. Maisel was on there as well uh, I have not watched Fleabag. I don't remember whether or not you said you were going to, but I think I'm going to have to check it out now that it's best comedy. Yeah, I've watched the first uh, two episodes, I think, and uh, it's a show that I know uh, traditionally people said is, it starts slow. Um, and, you know, I kind of agree with that. You have to kind of get used to the the characters and it's, you know, a little vulgar and stuff like that. So, uh, and it's a British show, so it's kind of got its weird intricacies, but... Um, you know, it's, uh, I can, I, from what I, what I hear from people that, you know, it, it's understandable that it's one, you know, people, people really love it caught on after, after season one, uh, season two is one that I know a lot of people really like. So uh, I'm not surprised. I, I mentioned last week that, you know, they were a dark horse and Phoebe Waller bridge was a dark, dark horse as well. So it's, uh, not, I wasn't too surprised to see all that. Yeah. I, this is one I'm going to have to check out. It's on Amazon prime. Uh, for those who, who have that, uh, give Fleabag a watch. It's best comedy this year at the Emmys. I was shocked and disappointed, frankly, Seth, uh, that Best Limited Series went not to When They See Us, but instead Mm -hmm. to Chernobyl. Now, I've heard a lot of really great shit about Chernobyl, and this sounds like something that I'm really interested in watching, actually. Um, You know, a sort of period drama, historically based. uh, Chernobyl, a very famous 
uh, event. HBO uh, goes two for three at the top here, uh, of course, getting Game of Thrones as well. I know you haven't watched Chernobyl, but were you, were you surprised to not see When They See Us here like I was? Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't shocked uh, because I, you know, I heard a lot of people did love uh, Chernobyl, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely disappointed. I think that what When They See Us was was way more of a uh, important event, um, you know, and I think that might have been p- potentially why that people uh, in the in the academy uh, didn't vote for it, just because it does have maybe a little bit more around it, and and they, you know, maybe didn't think that the the topic was good to to promote i have have no idea honestly i really don't know i i mean again i heard chernobyl is good but i heard people had issues with it too um i know a lot of like uh the the accents in it were were weird to not be russian there's a lot of weird british accents like (laughs) like a lot of the actors are british and um that even though they were playing russian people they had british accents and just some little weird nitpicky things so i don't know um but kind of disappointed too that when they see us didn't make it because that show was gripping yeah, they certainly got some love. We'll get to it in a second. But Chernobyl wins here. Um, best Actress. Now, I fully expected Julia Louis-Dreyfus to take this one home, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge uh, sneaks away with it, again for Fleabag. And, it, it, you know, for me, it, this just means I'm going to have to watch this show because I find it hard to believe anyone's better than Julia Louis-Dreyfus. But uh, I, I guess I'm going to have to try this show out. That's pretty much my only reaction here. Yeah, again, I, this is this one I thought was more likely than than the show winning uh, because I know how much people love her and her performance, um, and and I know like this show is a very vulgar, like sex driven show from what I understand, and from, from the first couple episodes, yeah, that was like very much a, and it's like a very, like she's a very self destructive type character, and and you know like very flawed, like super flawed as a person, but also you know you know, people rally around, you know, the, the audience watching rallies around her, like she's very unlikable to start and then kind of grows on you type of thing. Um, so, you know, I can maybe see that as, as like the journey people took with her and, and thought, you know, like she deserves it. I don't know. Like, again, I, I, I haven't watched it all yet, so I can't really say, but, uh, you know, I not surprised based off of the buzz beforehand. Mm hmm. I'm certainly excited to check that one out on Amazon. Uh, Now to the first show we've actually seen. Uh, I know you're going to be just as excited as I am. Bill Hader wins again two years in a row Mm -hmm. for his portrayal of Barry in the show Barry. Uh, He's best comedy actor in this one. Uh, Seth, I think well-deserved and and not a big surprise for me here. He's fantastic in season two. Yeah, definitely. Uh, That, that I I definitely wasn't surprised to see it. I'm happy that he got it. He's, uh, he's continuing to, to make his name uh, as a as an actor, so we'll uh, we'll see what, el- what what other awards he can gain as the years go by. Yeah, we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks because he got a lot of popular um, or positive buzz for it, uh, it chapter two that is, and we really liked him in that. I God, he just seems like one of those guys. You know, you think about like um uh, like a Donald Glover, you know, and being so immensely talented in many areas. And I think, uh, what Bill Hader does is, is drama and comedy both so, so well. Uh, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of awards in his future and I'll be excited to watch. I just hope when they do his like career and memoriam thing in 40 years that, uh, it includes him and the Californians going, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> now you haven't seen killing Eve, have you? Mm-mm. I didn't think so. Uh, Jodie Comer wins Best Actress in a Drama for Killing Eve. Now, this same exact award 
um, either this award or supporting for drama went to, um, oh my God, her name is escaping me. Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O. Oh, last year for the same show. Uh, Killing Eve, a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. Uh, again, not a show I've seen. I can't really even weigh in. What are you hearing about Killing Eve? I have, I mean, I've heard it's a good show. I have no idea who this actress is, to be honest. Um, and the only reason I know Sandra O oh is because I messed up her name last year. And uh, I think I called her like Susan U or something like that. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Not going to forget that name. <laughs> yep. Sorry, every Asian ever. Um, we, ap- <laughs> we apologize for that one. Um, let's go to best actor in a drama. Now, this to me, I, 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 di- I didn't see anything in this category, uh, but Billy Porter wins here for Pose. And Billy Porter is one of these dudes, like, I, I don't know much about him, but people fucking love this guy. Um, he showed up to the Met Gala in, like, this crazy gown. Uh, he's really big in the LGBT community, um, so people really love him. Uh, really exciting that he wins uh, here for Pose. Uh, again, another show I don't know much about. But FX uh, is well represented here in these Emmys uh, because they also get a Best Actress for a Limited Series uh, for Michelle Williams and Fosse Verdon. Uh, now, Seth, I know these aren't, you know, two shows that you, you haven't seen. I know you don't watch a lot of FX, but pretty cool to see them represented here, wouldn't you say? Yeah, they they have uh, more than just the movies, so uh, that's, <laughs> that's good for them. No, I, I, I did hear a lot about Michelle Williams and, and her role. I, I haven't seen either, either of those shows, but... Um, I, from what I understand, Michelle Williams was incredible in that. So, uh, it's cool that she won and, and I, you know, the bunch of the movies I've seen her in minus maybe Venom, uh, which she wasn't even bad in Venom, but a lot of like, especially like the art house or the indie or the, you know, Oscar type movies, she's always easily the best actor, actress, whatever in, in those movies by a landslide. So, um, she is, she is an amazing actress and not surprised that she's getting more hardware. I have all of Fosse Verdon saved in my DVR and have not watched it yet, but I cannot wait to watch that show, especially now that I know it's got some, some, um, it's based all around dance and it's got Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams in it. Like I, you can't, you can't go wrong. Uh, it's hitting all my buttons. So I'm definitely going to try to check that one out soon. Uh, but my list of TV is indeed growing here. Um, my, if, if, if you only told me the following about these Emmys, I would say thumbs up. Great show. Love it. Uh, Jarrell Jerome wins for When They See Us uh, for his portrayal of Corey Wise in, in that awesome miniseries. Um, I can't think of an award in my lifetime that was better deserved or that I'm happier to see. Is that, that I, I don't know. This was just awesome. It was great <laughs> to see him on there. He was so happy to have won. Uh, I was just so happy to see this one. You need to take that, whatever that just was, as a soundbite. <laughs> Good thing I make the sounders because that's never going to fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, d- don't deep down. Uh, Seth, you might be equally happy. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel takes home two acting awards mm-hmm. here, uh, supporting actress and supporting actor, Alex Borstein and Tony Shalhoub, respectively. I know you've spoken pretty highly about both of them, uh, mm-hmm. so you had to have been pretty stoked to see them uh, win the gold here. Yeah, uh, Alex Borstein was was great uh, in this this most recent season. She won last year. This is her back to uh, this is a back to back win for her. So that's cool to see. She's doing a lot of good work uh, in that show. Uh, she she had a really good arc this season. But honestly, the best arc of the season, and I'm I'm, I'm surprised that he won. But it's Tony Shalhoub. He he's no stranger to Emmys after uh, Monk all those years. He won a bunch of them doing that role. But 
um, for him to get a supporting role here, supporting a win here. Uh, and uh, his his arc in season two of Mrs. Maisel is uh, it's it's probably the best one. He he is he is great. I love that guy. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it, it's cool that they won that because you know even though that Rachel Brosnahan didn't win. Uh, for best actress, it's cool that the show still put picked up a lot of a lot of awards. I think they ended up picking up like eight total by when all said and, was said and done. Uh, but these are the two acting, and I think Jane Lynch won for her guest role too. So they had technically had three acting, mm-hmm. um, but that was announced a week before. So yeah, no, it's it's cool. I'm I'm happy that those two won because they are they are great parts of that show. Yeah, and actually a fourth, uh, Luke Kirby won last week for mm. guesting on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel as well. So. Uh, pretty pretty star-studded and award uh, award winning cast on that show. Let's see a uh, couple of upsets I think here uh, where we expected to see a lot of Game of Thrones we we just didn't. Uh, supporting actress went to Julia Garner who is on Ozark, Seth, a, a mm-hmm. show that I know you watch. Uh, did you expect her to win this one? I don't think we talked much about her. No, I didn't expect her to win, but uh, again, deserved. She she is. Uh... Oh, I'm trying. I can picture her clear as day. I just can't remember her her character's name, but she um, is kind of like the uh, right hand woman <laughs> for uh, Jason Bateman's character. She she's kind of playing both sides uh, in that show. Um, she's comes from like a poor type family, and uh, she's trying to work one side to get money out of him out of Jason Bateman. But she also cares for Jason Bateman and his family. So she had a lot to do this season, uh, and and. Not, I definitely think it's a deserved uh, nomination or win for her because of what she did in this most recent season. So, pretty cool that she, that she won that. I also know too. I don't know if we'd talk if we'd probably necessarily talk about this, but Jason Bateman won for directing for an episode of that. Um, uh, this Ozark of the last season. So that was cool. He had, he had actually had a pretty funny, uh, pretty funny reaction to his win. He was he was pretty shocked about it. That was and pretty he, funny. <laughs> And he had almost like a Michael Bluth reaction to it, which is pretty funny. Uh, Let's see. Supporting actor for drama went to Peter Dinklage. uh, And I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I know he's a pretty big part of that. So I wasn't particularly shocked uh, to see that one. Again, I was a bit surprised to not see uh, when they see us win for supporting actress. Uh, Patricia Arquette wins for the act, beating all the moms from uh, when they see us. Uh, (laughs) The act is another show that I've been really interested in. It's on Hulu. Uh, but have not watched any of uh, Patricia Arquette, though certainly a talented actress. So maybe something I'll have to get on my radar. Have you have you started the act at all? Mm-mm. Is that the Aaron Paul one? No. Um, okay. That's that the path. is the path. Uh, the act yeah. is. It's got the. Oh, uh, it's. I cannot think of her name, but it's a little girl um, who basically her. She's a hypochondriac because her mom tells her she's sick with everything. And I think what happens is she she finds out she's not, and she starts like rebelling against her mom in like some pretty extreme ways, and it's based on a true story. Oh, good. Um, and it sounds like it's pretty awesome. Uh, the 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 main character, the girl, was also nominated, but it doesn't look like she won, and I I can't come up with her name right now. But uh, apparently, the act was very good on Hulu, so another something to uh, potentially check out. Let's you know, see it's funny. here. Oh, you mentioned you mentioned like all these little girl actresses and i keep thinking back to like i'm like abigail breslin nope she's older now uh <laughs> dakota fanning nope she's older now. <laughs> like i'm too old <laughs> dakota fanning is not only old her younger sister is like old yeah, enough El- to be a legit actress she is she was in teen spirit Elle fanning she was yeah. great i love her she's she's fantastic 
Uh, I'll run down a few other ones that I liked seeing. Uh, for best TV movie, Bandersnatch won, Black Mirror, uh, which I, I really enjoyed. For Variety Sketch, uh, SNL won. Obviously, it's the only Variety Sketch show that there pretty much is. Um, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver uh, wins for Variety Talk Series, which I love that show. Uh, it's the only show I watch every single week and love keeping up with that. So uh, really excited that they won. RuPaul's Drag Race won a couple of uh, Emmys. Uh, as did Queer Eye for a structured reality program. So um, pretty pretty great representation uh, for the LGBT group uh, in the Emmys this year. Um, and then uh, we do have a couple wins for The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, these were guest appearances, so they were actually given out uh, in the previous week. But Cherry Jones wins uh, for guest actress and for guest actor Bradley Whitford, who we love. Uh, he's mm -hmm. on Get Out. He's on Billy Madison, a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm sure you liked him on Handsmaid's Tale season two. Plays a very different type of role than he normally does. He tends to be more comedic and sarcastic in nature in a lot of the stuff he's in. Um, and in, in Handmaid's Tale, he's much more, you know, he does kind of have a, a lightheartedness to him compared to the other commanders in that show. But he he's still uh, he's still pretty, pretty evil. <laughs> so uh, it's it, it, he definitely did a good job. He's he's deserving of any side of, sort of win he gets. I he's he's oh, he's such a perfect dickhead. I'll, I'll never forget him from Billy Madison, um, and of course from Get Out as well. So the next awards we'll be talking about, I, I think, will be the Golden Globes, um, but we're gonna get into movie award season before too long. Um, but of course, the Emmys have come and gone. Uh, let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod. Did you think anybody got robbed, or do you think they got it right? Uh, again, let us know on the social media. Uh, we're going to stay in the world of television, though, and we're going to make our much-anticipated return to, uh, as fans have voted it, the number one segment on this podcast. It's finally back. We're back in the fall TV season, and Seth's got some movies, or not some movies, Seth's got some TV to review in the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. God, I forgot how much you scream on that. <laughs> that sounder. That's 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 maybe one of my favorite ones because it's got the most me. It sounds like someone stepped on your foot and you yelled out television. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, couple couple shows. I've been trying to catch up on TV. A lot of stuff is on right now in terms of just weekly shows. So the the binging has been difficult. Uh, but I had a little time this weekend to binge through some shows. Uh, one older one, one that's been uh, released a little bit more recently. So I'll start with the older one. Uh, the uh, third season of 13 Reasons Why uh, came out at the oh, end of August. I cannot wait to hear about this. <laughs> um, so if you've seen any of the, the material here, what season three is about, uh, the, I guess the trailer material or anything like that, uh, is that Bryce Walk Walker is dead. So they return to a mystery-type format uh, of the show of who killed Bryce Walker. That's the whole the whole season. Um, they they do deal with the aftermath of season two, which spoilers if you haven't watched that. Uh, Tyler at the end of that that season uh, attempts to go shoot up the school after being uh, assaulted by a uh, by three dudes um, who do some really nasty things to him, and so they deal with the aftermath of that. And there's like this whole support group. Uh, which I thought, honestly, was probably the, the best thing that was handled in this show was, uh, I guess, the thing that, that I, that I I guess, quote-unquote, felt the best about was <laughs> the way the, the way they did that was 
um, they had all of these friends kind of come together and, and help him out through all of this, um, even though, you know, he should probably be in a mental institution and, you know, figure things out after wanting to, you know, kill everyone. Um, I thought it was nice that, that they they did have him have a have a uh, support group. So that was cool. That was really the only thing I could say it was good about this season. Mm. Um, so the main part of it, again, was, was the Bryce Walker thing. I, I guess I will say, they did keep me guessing on who actually killed Bryce until the very end. So I never really had a full on idea of who did it until the end. So that was good. I guess like it was, I enjoyed bringing back the, the mystery element because season two didn't really have much of a mystery element. It was just the trial and that didn't really have enough to keep me interested. This one actually kept me going because I was like, Oh, okay. Who thought killed him? <laughs> that was really about it. The thing that was annoying about this whole thing was that they tried to give Bryce and another uh, shitty guy, Montgomery, who is his friend, a redemption type story here, and that that's no no that 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 doesn't fly. Oh, that's nasty. Yeah, they they tried to make him seem like <laughs> they tried to make him seem like he was he was changing and that you know he he's doing better. And I get what they're going for. You know, like they're trying to say like you know even bad people can change, but. When the whole show is based around how shitty of a person this guy is, and that this culture 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 exists, and that all these bad things do happen, you can't you can't show that this guy still you know is trying. You can't show that this guy is a good person. Like they really tried a lot in the season to make him show like he's friends with people, he's helping people out, he helps Tyler out in in a scenario with the whole thing, um, because Montgomery is the guy who does stuff to Tyler, so he's like trying to help with that and. Um, in the end they do like i mean they show how bryce they show bryce die and it's pretty brutal <laughs> like they they do they they do they do like really fuck him up bad <laughs> and so when they show him die and stuff like they they kind of come back around and be like yeah he was shitty <laughs> but, but i almost i almost hit the lebron sounder but i i i, I can't bring myself to cheer for someone being murdered but that's as <laughs> close as i've been to doing it it's pretty fucking gross some of the stuff they show how he's dead, how he when they show him actually die. But the th- twelve episodes prior to that, when they're trying to show him have a redemption angle, uh, it's not pretty. They also like they completely they and they even did part of it last season, but they really fully just like show Clay as almost like a psychopath in this in, in this <laughs> this whole thing, like just I, I don't know and then they introduced this they introduced this this new character um ani i think her name is and she part of that's how bryce that's that's really how bryce gets a lot of his redemption here is that she is a new student she comes into town and she the whole story of the season is really told through her perspective because what they do they have her telling the story as like she is she's the furthest along in time so she's closest to what's going on now like in real life like uh, 20 you know 2019 then they tell and she she's told she's telling her story in 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 uh, interrogation room and the screen is like a widescreen angle so it's like most of i think the first two seasons are all told in like this full screen angle this is a widescreen angle and it's very like almost black and white looking then they still stick with to go a little bit further back um when this is post bryce being dead um just like shortly after they show it in like a little bit more color, still widescreen angle, and then to show prior to Bryce being dead, they show uh, it's a full screen, more colorful, and that gets really annoying throughout the the the, mm-hmm. the uh, 
throughout the season because like at first I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then like it's constantly like the screen is going full and then half and then full. And then, like so it gets really fucking annoying as like there's like parts, especially towards later on or the middle where it's like they keep going back and forth like so quick. So it's just like I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like the show just wasn't very well uh, put together. They didn't really think about that. Uh, I think once it got later on in the season, they're like, oh, this might be a cool little trick. And they're like, oh, uh, we got to do this every 10 minutes. So it's that that's pretty annoying. But yeah, it's it, I know next season, the fourth season is the final season. Uh, I don't know really where they're going to go. I, I guess they they do show like one little thing that they could possibly go in the direction of. But I don't know how they're going to finish this out. I don't know what else they have to tell with this story. It doesn't make any sense that there's anything else to tell. Um I'll watch it because I am whether or not the show is good. I'm still invested in the characters. Like I do like, I still like, even though they made clay look like a weirdo and psycho in this season, still even more. I still like clay. I still like a lot of the supporting characters. And so I, I, I have a, a, a self-hatred, I guess <laughs> to, to watch this show. <laughs> um, so I do want to see how it ends, even though I have no idea what they're going to do. But in terms of the rating, um, I'm going to give it uh, 2.2 Unnecessary Redemptions out of 5. Ooh. Can you think of a better example of a show? I can think of one, and I don't know if it's better, but it's at least as good, of a show that was great for one season and then became so bad. The The other example I can think of besides 13 Reasons is Revenge mm-hmm. um, on ABC, which I love for even one that- season. Even that held on for at least a couple seasons after, um, still being okay. Is there they another? Like seven, is there another show that got that started so hot and then got so bad for you? God, I don't know. I, I mean, this is this is probably my my quintessential, <laughs> the quintessential pick here. It would be Thirteen Reasons Why. Like I, I, and that honestly, the first season I loved so so much. It's carried me to go through these two mm-hmm. two seasons, <laughs> and it's still it's still going to get me to watch season four just to see how it ends just because i do like the first season made me really love these characters so much i listened to the book and all that stuff and you know they still throw little hints and stuff in there like they they went back to the tapes a little bit um just kind of uh, as a as a revisit thing for uh, i guess i mean i'll just say bryce they they have bryce kind of revisit the tapes so you even get a little bit of that um but I don't know. Like it just, it just really. I, after they left the source material, and I, I don't think the the person who wrote the books is still involved with the show. They, I, can't, I think he's technically credited as like create like a, um, you know, inspired by or whatever. But he's not. I don't think he has anything to do with the show at all anymore. So, uh, but they just keep going because it's so popular. Like everyone still watches it. I know tracking, seeing like seeing the numbers and like on this TV time app I'm on, like it's the number one show for. It's been the number one show since it came out. So. Um, at least on that TV time thing. So it's not a matter of like no one's watching it. People are still watching it. So I don't know. We talk a lot of shit about that show and it deserves it. But if you've never seen the first season of 13 Reasons Why, I would still highly recommend it and then just stop. Like watch mm-hmm. season one and then quit. Would, would you agree with that uh, that recommendation? Yeah. I I mean, there's a moment in season two that I love. It's the finale. Um, there's, a, there's a moment there like... Honestly, I just watched the the I'd watch season one and then watch the finale of season two, mm-hmm. and I think you'd be fine because like they do kind of give Hannah a nice because Catherine Langford is still in season two, mm-hmm. um, but as like a ghost type thing, and so it's not not actually a ghost but like a vision in Clay's head, 
And so they do actually, in the finale, they do a really nice wrap-up for her. And, like, part of me, season three, was like, you know, it was a really nice wrap-up. And I know she's, like, a way big. She's going to be in that Knives Out movie. She was supposed to be in Endgame. Like, she actually has a career coming. And she is good. Like, she's actually a really good actress. She was mm-hmm. the best part of that show by far. Um, but... I, part of me just wanted her to pop up and be like, what's up? I'm back. <laughs> like, I need her to save the show. <laughs> That's the best hope they have for season four is she's somehow alive. <laughs> right. Well, in the book, in the book though, like the, they, um, in the 10th anniversary of the book, the author, it, so in the actual book, she takes pills and she doesn't cut her wrist like in the show. And so in the book, like she, they, they're, he writes a 10th anniversary, like follow up, like chapter and she's survived. And I was like, oh, man, why didn't they just have her do pills in the show? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not great. And uh, we'll see how season four <laughs> wraps up. I cannot believe. If you had told me when I watched it there's three more seasons, I'd have been like, nah, that's stupid. Yeah, um, there shouldn't have been two. There should have just been the one and ended it. But mm-hmm. Netflix still making money off of it. Uh, and when you got Selena Gomez as an executive producer, you know all the right decisions are being made. So. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so- uh, I do have an example for uh, shows that fell off after season one, though. Oh, yeah. Try me. SpongeBob SquarePants. Fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> I don't like that at all. 13 Reasons Why did not did not uh, receive a positive review for us, but you do have a second show for this week's corner. Please tell me it was better than 13 Reasons Why. It doesn't get much better. Um, it is... Uh, <laughs> It is The Ranch Part 7. Oh, no. Uh, But, okay, so here, I was thinking about this. Uh, The Ranch is full on, like, I don't really have, I guess you could count my CW shows as guilty pleasure shows, but in a way, like, a lot of people watch those shows, and, like, for the most part, they do a good job, minus maybe, like, Supergirl. Um, They do an okay job, at least. The Ranch is pretty trash, uh, but I love it. (laughs) It's it's my guilty pleasure show. It, It makes me laugh. Like, the writing in terms of like the story they're doing is bad. It's just straight up terrible, but it's funny because they like the jokes they have are funny because the characters, they know who like Sam Elliott, Ashton Kutcher, like they know what their characters are at this point. So, and you spent enough time with them. Like this is part seven and each part's 10 episodes. So it's 70 episodes that they've already gone through. You spent enough time where like, you know, the joke where the jokes are coming. It's like that 70 show, like that type of thing. It's a very standard multi-cam sitcom. You know, the characters you know what jokes are gonna do they're still funny you know like it you can anticipate them but you're still gonna laugh when you hear them like it's just very easy to sit, put on and watch like i can sit grab you know have a drink or you know have, uh, eat have a di- have dinner and watch that show i'm gonna chuckle a few times and i can turn it off you know like mm-hmm. that's where the ranch is for me um so that being said i'm not gonna go too much in depth into it uh really the the, the story is that um colt's got his own ranch now as Ashton Kutcher's character, him and his wife are separated. He has he's got a kid now. He's working through all that. Uh, that's the basic thing. Then things happen throughout the season, just like any multicam sitcom show. There's a bunch of like you know random stupid things that come up every week. I will say Dax Shepard came in last season to replace uh, Danny Masterson uh, after the whole thing went down. Um, still no Danny Masterson back in yet. So I, I was afraid they were going to do that after like give it a little time and then he'd pop back in. That still hasn't happened yet, so that's good. But Dak Shepard has—I was a little shaky on him in the in the last part, uh, part six, part seven. He's he's really found his groove as to what his character is. Like he's uh, much smarter and uh, quippier uh, uh, 
Rooster, who was uh, Danny Masterson's character. So he's fit in really well. Liked him a lot. Him and uh, Ashton Kutcher's chemistry is really good. And I know they've known each other for, you know, 20-some years now probably. So they, you know, they have a uh, chemistry off-screen and on-screen too. So uh, overall, I mean, it's just it just makes me laugh. I enjoy watching it. I know you've watched it with me in the past and chuckled as well. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a fine show. Uh, you know, if you like the show, you'll like it. Uh, if you, I know it does have, what we talked about before, it does have, like, some... Uh, more conservative jokes. They make fun of like liberals and things like that. They've really toned that down a lot. Uh, the first couple seasons was very heavy-handed on that side of things, and now they've really. Sometimes they'll make like a Hillary joke here and there. Um, they'll they definitely make a lot of like um, they make a lot of like manly you know jokes like why why would you be wearing Uggs and stuff like that. They still do that kind of kind of stuff. Uh, they made a shitload of like. Uh, Ford is better than Chevy jokes type thing. <laughs> like they do, they do that a lot because uh, Sam Elliott, um, his, he's dating uh, or I guess yeah, dating um, someone who's a who likes Chevys and he likes Fords. So they go back and forth the entire season on Ford and Chevy jokes and like oh you know talking about how one breaks down over the other shit like that like stuff you'd hear in the Midwest all the time about mm-hmm. trucks like who cares but it's still you know it's funny the way they put it down but yeah so it, it's just a pretty standard multi-cam sitcom that, for whatever reason, makes me laugh. And it has the same flares as that 70s show does in terms of, like, the style and all that. So it, it's more of a comfort-type show for me. But if you like that, then you're going to like the season, I think. Um, I'd say 2.6 uh, Chevy jokes out of 5. I dig it. You, you, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the Midwest. I, I've seen a fair amount of the show, actually. And I, <laughs> I do. I laugh quite a bit at it. It's funny. Like... It's, I don't know, if you're so, I don't know, you and I are PC people. We, we try to use all the right terms and be polite and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But, like, this show is sort of an escape from that in a way. And it, yeah. allow, it allows you to kind of just indulge yourself in a little bit of the, like, not quite so PC things. And, you know, just kind of take a take a, a little bit of a walk on the other side of things. Um, and if you can sort of divorce your political leanings from the show, like it would be mm-hmm. easy for someone like, like myself, I'm a pretty liberal PC snowflakey Democrat. Like it, it, it would be easy for me to watch it and go, no, fuck these people. They're the, the, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're what's wrong with America. But like, if you mm-hmm. just unplug from that a little bit and let yourself enjoy the comedy for what it is, and it is satire, mm-hmm. like they're doing this on purpose. Um, yep. then I think it's a defensible show and it, it, yeah, it's entertaining and it's funny and it's a little bit silly at times and they take a couple crazy turns, um, to keep the show going, but like, it, it's a perfectly serviceable 30 minute sitcom I, and 30 minute sitcoms are my jam. So like, I can't yep. even hate the show, even though most of what they say, I, I disagree with, but like, um, there, there's something yeah. I think even, even for like the, the people like me, I think there's something to be enjoyed here. So I, I would echo that if, if, if you can figure out a way to buy into what they're selling, uh, there's a perfectly enjoyable show here. Because, like I said, early on, like, the first two, three parts, very, like, they attack, um, I don't say they attack, they joke, they make jokes on, uh, you know, liberals and Democrats and all that stuff quite a bit. Um, and as it's kind of gone on, it's, 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 they still do, like I said, maybe one or two Hillary jokes here and there, or, like, um, I know Bo, who's Sam Elliott's character, uh, j- like, very very midwestern guy so like uh his his uh, girlfriend mentions going to uh europe and so he makes fun of the french for being uh 
for being sissies or what you know like that type of thing so he does like that type of stuff but like you said nothing's like i'm pretty sure sam elliott's actually like a super liberal guy and uh, even though he doesn't seem like it i'm pretty sure he is and is like and, and is about causes and things like that so like they're all ashton kutcher i think is even the same way mm-hmm. i know he's very charitable and all that stuff so uh, i think ashton kutcher's mentioned in an interview like he makes this for people from the midwest and you know he, he knows there's there's not anyone that really addresses that and he's from there so he wants to make something for people that he knows you know from back in the day so um it's just you know a matter of reaching a demographic and you know he just took that that 70s show um, template that skeleton and just add it in the ranch instead of you know like Bo is red very he's almost mm-hmm. exactly like red um, you know so that they have like they have all these pieces in there and they just kind of adjusted a little bit and uh, yeah for me it's for me now it's more way more about like the comedy between Bo and, and Colt and you know all the other cast as opposed to like the you know the, the other jokes they make about you know whatever it is the you know the political stuff or whatever it's it's become way more about a family it's way more of a family sitcom than it is like anything about conservatives and all that stuff so uh yeah but funny show i enjoy it i like it uh 2.6 out of five for the ranch season seven now this was the end of it right Mm -mm. there's more there's there's one more part uh so 10 10 more episodes so i guess there's 10 more episodes of opportunity for Danny Masterson to come back, which I really hope they don't do that. <laughs> that would be very bad. That's uh, that's going to be it. Um, 13 Reasons Why and The Ranch uh, both reviewed this week in the TV Corner. Sounds sounds like uh, both shows that if you've if you've been watching, you might want to continue, um, but uh, not not barn burners. And of course, we talked about The Ranch and, and the qualifiers there. But a uh, couple of couple and- of scores in the twos this week. And uh, next week, I know we'll have one more. Uh, the series finale of Preacher airs on Sunday, so I'll try Ooh. and get that in before, potentially before we record again. May- maybe or maybe not. depends on when we record. But There we go. Uh, come on back. It's the fall, so we're going to get a lot more of these uh, in the near future. This has been the TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, well, let's switch over to the side of movies. We're going to start with our Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All right, Seth, so Netflix is releasing a, uh, a big-time film this week called The Laundromat, and it's inspired this week's Mambo number five. You want to tell us a little bit more about it? I just know that it stars uh, Meryl Streep and Gary Oldman, so potentially some award Ward stuff going on there. I know Steven Soderbergh directed it as well. It uh, has something to do with uh, kind of our financial system and things like that. So uh, should be should be interesting. I definitely am excited to check it out. I know it's airing or it's a uh, screening in some art house theaters uh, around here. Uh, so it's gonna try and get that that Netflix uh, or get that that award uh, eligibility with it. So uh, I will report on that when I get a chance to see it. All right. Uh, further cast, Antonio Banderas, David Schwimmer, Sharon Stone, Jeffrey Wright, Will Forte. This is a packed cast. Uh, I'll be checking it out. I love Steven Soderbergh. And uh, this got us thinking, you know, what uh, what good films has Netflix put out? And in the past, we've done our favorite Netflix original series. But we're going to turn instead to our favorite Netflix original movies this week. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull up my list here. I'm pretty excited about this one. I, I didn't realize how many pretty good movies Netflix has. And I know they've had a couple things in uh, sort of Oscar contention uh, that you've seen that I haven't. So uh, we'll see how much our lists differ here. Number five. 
Uh, my number five is a smaller movie that came out a, a, maybe a couple years ago now, um, but one I really did enjoy a lot. Uh, it stars um, Jake Johnson. I almost said Nick Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Nick from uh, New Girl. A win it all. You remember this one? I do. I think I watched it on a plane. I really liked this one. It's a good one. Yeah, he, he deals with... Uh, he's a chronic gambler. He deals with some gambling addiction and kind of gets himself into some sticky situations. But uh, I think he, I believe he wrote and, and directed this one too. And, and uh, yeah, interesting small Netflix release that, that he had, but I really liked it a lot. It was, it was well done, well acted by him. He was funny and also pretty dramatic in it. And, and uh, just well, well, really well shot too is, is uh, I know he filmed uh, the majority of this in Chicago and, uh, had some cool shots of Chicago and stuff in there too. So I really like that one a lot. I'm going to go at my number five with Okja. This is a weird fucking movie. Um, <laughs> but I, it caught me in the right mood and I was heartwarmed by it. Uh, Okja, if you don't know, is basically this like genetically engineered pig that is given to this, um, this little girl who she's of Asian descent, but I, I can't get more specific than that, I'm afraid. Um, and so the girl raises Oksha as her own pet, and then eventually uh, the authorities come to take Oksha so that they can butcher it and uh, eat it for meat. And it's about kind of what the girl does to prevent that from happening. Super heartwarming. It's just a really sweet story. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal has the weirdest role I think I've ever seen him in in this um he's such a creep like just a weird fucking guy um but this has a lot of really great imagery it was shot well the cg effect of of uh, okja was was really well done and uh this is a movie that takes place a lot in like subtitles because the main character doesn't speak english so um it, it, it was a weird interesting movie that just caught me in the right mood and and i just felt really good when i finished it so uh, i like okja for number five number four uh, number four is uh, the Oscar-nominated movie from last year, uh, Roma. I know you didn't see that one, but mm-hmm. it's got plenty of dick swinging and some shits on the ground, so you, you know you can't go wrong. No, uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, really well acted, directed, written, all of it. Uh, very, you know, very slow pace, uh, but Oscar, you know, type movie, and and I thought, uh, you know, of course, really well done. Um, you know, can't necessarily like I necessarily say I loved the movie uh, in terms of like some of these other ones that I'm going to have on my list, like the, the other ones I have ahead of it are movies that I enjoyed more just as a, on the whole is like, you know, full story, but you know, obviously one of the best movies on, on, on Netflix, uh, just based off the pedigree and, and, you know, in terms of an actual film and how it was made extremely well done, but you know, not, not one of my favorite movies of last year or anything like that, just because, you know, it's, it's kind of a hard story to necessarily say you love, but well done movie, so had to put it on my list. Yeah, I heard a lot of good things about that one. Uh, I'm hoping to get back to it at some point, maybe one for my list. Um, it went, it won, I believe, for cinematography and for uh, directing, I want to say, mm-hmm. for Koran. So um, passion project of his. Uh, they got a lot of love, so it, that was a big winner for Netflix. Uh, I'm going to take it back a couple years. This is a movie set that I know you've seen because I'm pretty sure we watched it together. Um, but frankly, I hadn't thought about this movie in a while, uh, until I was looking over some Netflix originals. Do you remember The Discovery? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is one that basically is based around the idea that um, uh, some scientists figure out what happens when you die. And 
they like they they figure it out like there's a true answer and they figure it out and it's about like what happens and this movie sold me on the premise and i'm including it on my list mainly because of the premise and the the way they explored it was interesting and they didn't go everywhere i wanted them to go uh which is why this movie isn't higher but this is exactly my kind of my kind of premise um they had jason siegel who you know mostly from uh, how i met your mother as randall but um is that his name no what's his name marshall yeah Um, (laughs) you know him as marshall uh and he turns in a pretty good dramatic role in this um again not not one that um not one that that his name (laughs) i knew immediately it sounded weird Um, i know you were so confident too as marshall is that his name (laughs) i was just on a roll man um yeah this is this is the execution i think could have been better or this would be really close to the top of my list um but the premise got me in and i think they executed it just fine um so that's why it's number four on my list but i I did enjoy it a lot number three uh number three for me uh i think came out last year i believe towards the end of last year uh is a futile a futile and stupid gesture I have I downloaded this like three different times on planes and have yet to uh-huh. watch it. I really like it. I, I mean, for me, so the movie is is the uh, um, quote unquote biopic uh, in a way about uh, the lampoon, how the lampoon started and uh, Doug Kenny, who was played by uh, Will Forte. I, I mean, obviously we've talked about I'm I'm a big fan of Will Forte. And so there's a lot of his his style and flavor in this one. It's a very uh kind of a kind of eclectic type movie as well like it tells the story of of the lampoon and how it all started but they do a lot of like uh interesting like quick cuts here and there they show like the real people in here at times um they they definitely like make comments to the side like they'll stop what's going on and kind of like cut it over and be like this is what really happened like that type of stuff so very just like my type of like weird humor um you know, mixed in with some interesting, interesting choices by Will Forte throughout the movie, but a lot of serious moments in this too. You know, because there's there's some definitely some hardship in it, but um, you know, maybe not the. I think it was reviewed okay, um, so not like the best movie you know on my list or anything like that. But one I just really enjoyed for the style and the story and and the performance by Will Forte. So one that I really do like. Uh, for my number three, I'm going to take it back a few months to a movie that I uh, described and spoiled the plot of here on this podcast, uh, The Perfection, which is a 2019 sort of psychological thriller, I guess is how I would describe it, with, mm-hmm. um, uh, holy shit, uh, Logan Browning and Allison Williams are the main characters in this, and it has the craziest, most wacky plot I've seen in a long time, uh, and I, I won't spoil it in case folks uh, skipped spoilers back when I described it, but essentially uh, these two characters are... Um, they're cellists and they play at a really exclusive school and Allison Williams is sort of the former uh, protege of the um, of the school and Logan Browning is the new one and they connect and meet and basically a lot of crazy shit happens after that and I don't want to even give any more away than that but this movie gets fucking crazy and I love it and uh i'm i i haven't watched it a second time yet but i can't wait to find i just have to find the right person to show it to and i'll watch it again asap because this movie is wacky (laughs) Wacky. and and the acting in it is surprisingly good 
um, you know, most of what you'll hear is there's some gross out stuff in this and some crazy plot twists and things. And you'll hear more about that than anything else. But the acting in here uh, is surprisingly good for what this movie is. Uh, really love both those lead actresses. And um, there's even, uh, for, for those of you who are uh, boner motivated, uh, there's some some pretty hot stuff in there <laughs> as well, uh, if that's what's going to get you clicking on it. <laughs> boner motivated? <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> what? Wow. Oh, come on. Boner you've, never, you've never in your life been boner motivated? I never referred to it as being boner motivated. Well, that's what it is. You know, when, when you know, when you're, when you're, you know, when you're rocking a hard one and you're, in your head, you're just thinking, give me what I want. That's, that's, <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's being boner motivated. That's going too far. But as soon as I realized I had a chance yeah. at that sounder, I, uh, I, I decided I would take it. But anyway, the, the girls in this movie are hot. They, I, that's a long way around saying that. Um, but also the movie is is um, pretty wild and and worth a watch. The perfection. I think I ruined that movie for all of our listeners. But yeah, um, check it out. Number two. Uh, number two. This is one that I, that I reviewed a few months back uh, that I did really enjoy. See you yesterday, uh, which is the uh, time travel. Did you ever actually watch this one? No, I've had it in my queue for months and uh, never. This got one, to I it. think you'd love. This one would probably make your list if you watched it. I, I think you really enjoy it. Uh, well, uh, definitely a, a movie that I, that kind of caught me surpri- by surprise how much I did enjoy it. But uh, it has the uh, it is produced by Spike Lee. It doesn't really have anyone like a super name into it. Uh, but uh, it it's uh, it's got the it's got the elements of like the it takes place in New York. It's got elements of like uh, you know police uh, brutality and shootings and things like that. So it's got a good message to it, but it also has like a lighthearted time travel element to it it's got some references like back in the future got some good comedy in it um all around it's just a feel-good movie uh, all around with some interesting thought-provoking things in it and uh some some good themes and topics that they address so a movie that i really liked earlier this year and and would recommend uh, anyone check out i think it's got got plenty there for everyone to to watch so uh definitely check that one out I dig it. My number two, um, and this is one I had in my top ten list um, when we met with um, at Jared Buckendall earlier in the year. Uh, Bandersnatch, the Black Mirror choose your own adventure movie. I really had a fun time with this, and I couldn't put it at number one because it didn't really have a through narrative. Like you know, every it's different for everybody, so I can't even really point to the story as like a reason why I liked it. But the way it was put together the mechanics of how choosing your own adventure worked. Uh, I think Will Poulter was amazing in this. I Everything that dude does, I think, is so great. Uh, he's he's one of the really talented dudes we got out there right now. And uh, it was thought-provoking. Uh, and it's just top to bottom, I thought it was super well done for, for what it was. And I know it was a little gimmicky, but I think they nailed the gimmick here. Um, and and I, I know I had this, you know, certainly higher than you did earlier, but I know I know you liked it as well, but maybe just not quite as much as I did. I don't think I watched Bandersnatch. You didn't? Oh, for whatever no. reason, I thought you did. It's very fun. You should check it out for sure. It's it's definitely worth some of your time. Some people are spending three and four hours doing it. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but definitely, <laughs> you know, if you find that you have a couple hours to kill and you want to click through a, a Choose Your Own Adventure, highly, highly recommend Bandersnatch. Now I'm going to do your you versus Wild instead. <laughs> Number one. Uh, my number one, it might be your number one, Always Be My Maybe. 
No. Th- so this is one okay. of them that just barely didn't make my number five spot. But I, I figured you'd have it on your list. I'm surprised to hear it number one, though. That's high praise. I really like this one a lot. I uh, it's it again. This one completely caught me by surprise. Uh, the uh, the relationship between Randall Park and Ali Wong was great. I, I loved that whole the whole just the whole ride you take with them. Uh, very funny movie. I laughed many times. Uh, the 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 father of Randall Park is great. Uh, Keanu Reeves makes that appearance in it. Uh, the overall cast is just great. Uh, I don't know. Like this is one that that has continued to stick with me throughout the year. Uh, it is is one of it's not in my top ten or anything, but it's just one that I, I think back with fondly uh, fond memories of. Um, yeah, I, I just I'm not a, not the biggest rom com guy in the world, but this one really got me. I liked it a lot. I liked it quite a bit. So uh, I, there's not I mean there's not a ton of Netflix movies out there, but this is one that if it came out in the theater, I, I would be happy that I went and saw in the theater. The uh, the thing I love the music in this uh, the main characters mm-hmm. in the band and I love the music from this. I had so much fun. I listen to it all the time. <laughs> all right, my number one here. I know you did see this one and weren't as high uh, as me on it. I have the Ballad of Buster Scruggs at number one. Um, yeah, I am a big big Coen Brothers fan. I've really enjoyed what they've they've put out. Uh, Buster Scruggs, of course has sort of that anthology style where it's several smaller stories. And I will agree that not all of them hit as well as others do, but the ones that do hit really are awesome. I think the cinematography is great here. A lot of the dialogue is awesome. And, um, you know, particularly, uh, I think like the, the story with Liam Neeson in it, where he's a storyteller along with his partner, uh, I thought mm-hmm. was really interesting and, and thought provoking. And a, a lot of these are that there's great performances here. Uh, great dialogue, thought provoking. Um, there's there, it lacks sort of a through line through the entire thing. So it does feel very disjoint, um, which I, I think they meant to, uh, but it's just a bunch of different tales of the West and very different characters and actors. And you get to experience just a little bit of kind of everything. And, uh, while certain stories didn't didn't go as high as as others, uh, this was a really fun experience for me to watch. Um, especially that first one, they had that song that got Oscar nominated. That was just, that was <laughs> yeah. so much fun. Yeah, for me that you know I, I liked that one. I, I liked I think I liked exactly half of them. Um, the, yeah, that that first one with the song I think was was my favorite by by far. But uh, I don't know. It just it for me it, it's an honorable mention. But you know I like the entire movie of the other ones. Um, so mm-hmm. I, you know, I can't, I can't put something I like only half of on, on my list. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Uh, that's our top five. I want to run down some honorable mentions. Cause I had some, I had some that were really tough to not include. Um, always be my maybe is one you mentioned. I really, a lot of people didn't, I really liked bright dude, uh, with Will Smith and Joel Edgerton and, uh, the whole orc LA cop thing. Um, I like the world they built. I, I thought it was interesting, and I liked Will Smith. I don't know. I, I know that I'm in the minority here, but I liked that one. Um, there's one called When We First Met, which I would recommend to you, Seth, but not until you fully come around on Adam Devine, um, because he's the lead in this, and well, it, it was a perfectly I'll- cute, um, perfectly cute rom com that I enjoyed, and it was just like fun and felt light, and I was happy at the end. I tell you, I'm probably not going to come around on him. Like, I like him in Gemstones, Righteous Gemstones, which I talked about a while ago. Fucking watch that show. It is awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, he he plays, 
Adam Devine, but as like a southern dude. So like, it's not like you know he's doing a shtick, and his shtick works exactly for what he's supposed to do in that show. Um, but I for for it to be, and he almost makes fun of that shtick and in, in gemstones in a way. Um, I I don't know. I he 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 annoys me, but not in gemstones for whatever reason. <laughs> Um, let's see here. The Babysitter was a really fun one. Oh, yeah. It is a total... You watch this? I've watched, I've watched, uh, not all in one sitting. I watched, like, the first half with, um, my roommate here, Matt, and then watched the last half with you, like, years ago. So I watched the last half first, (laughs) actually. (laughs) This movie is crazy. It's like... Yeah. Oh, my God. It's such a fun... They play it as a horror movie, but it's such a fun, like... It's mm-hmm. a movie where you root for someone's head to get cut off and for blood to spray <laughs> everywhere. You're like, yeah, this is what I love. Like, it's and they play it all for comedy. I, I can't even really describe it in a way that makes complete sense because I sound like a fucking psychopath right now. But um, I love the Babysitter. If you're a fan of like satirical horror, um, mm-hmm. that was well, a fun one. It's a uh, it's kind of a precursor to Ready or Not because it ha- does have Samara weaving in it, and it's kind of got a similar like uh, feel to it not like same like style or like plot but definitely similar feel where it's like you know this is a weird wacky world where crazy shit's going on um and so you're kind of into that um but obviously there's different you know places where it goes but for me it had similar feels to it i did not realize that samara weaving was in this but she totally fucking is that's crazy she She's the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I, I hadn't connected her as the, well, because the person I remember from it is um, Bella Thorne, who mm. basically spends the whole movie just being hot as shit. Um, but uh, I did not realize that's who that was. I, I just didn't connect it in my head. Uh, the babysitter, by the way, has a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's quite a bit higher than yeah, I would have guessed. Uh, Samara Weaving's killing it with her with her movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for for our, our debut on Anchor, people are gonna say realize that Cody is boner driven and uh, <laughs> thinks girls are quote hot as shit uh, in in movies, and that's all they do. So, if you leave a review of our podcast, that's what you should say. This podcast is boner driven and hot as shit. And they and 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 they love uh, conservative multicam comedies. So. Uh, <laughs> They're not gonna know what the hell to think of our show. <laughs> yeah, well, they're gonna think that we're <laughs> that we voted for Trump, probably. So, <laughs> oh man, um, we didn't. By the way, I did not do that. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's get that out of the way real quick. We didn't. Uh, quick hits. We didn't vote for uh, for our our commander in chief. Um, oh, okay. So um, here's one that I I was never gonna put on my list, but I just love mentioning. Uh, the Cloverfield paradox is bad. Don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got like two great scenes and then it's terrible um um well don't be too harsh the director of one of the best movies of the year loose also directed that movie so he you know well it has some pet <laughs> has some pedigree well if you if you if you give me a 1992 geo metro i can only drive it so fast so <laughs> i don't think it's on the director that that movie stunk um that's true uh bird box was a big phenomenon about a year ago this was an enjoyable movie but you know yeah blah you know it was fine um Mm -hmm. and then two movies that i really enjoyed that that just made my heart feel good were uh paddleton which you and i watched together oh yeah um some aging buddies uh one of whom is sort of terminal uh terminally ill and i just uh, just made me feel so nice and happy um 
And then uh, The Fundamentals of Caring is another one, which this one mm. had uh, Josh Radner, I think is his name. The main... Uh, Paul Rudd. Ted, Ted Mosby. Paul Rudd's in it. Oh, I'm confusing two movies. Um, yes, Paul Rudd, Fundamentals of Caring. He he takes care of a, uh, I guess, some sort of handicapped. I don't, I don't remember what his handicap is, but a boy who is in a wheelchair. Um, mm-hmm. And he is his caretaker and helps him have some adventures and some teenage, you know, exciting wins. Uh, just a couple heartwarming movies there. Um, the one I was thinking of with Josh Radner is not a Netflix original. Um, but it's called happy. Thank you more, please. That's the, that's the one I was confusing, but anyway, uh, mm. fundamentals of caring is good. Paul Rudd's very fun in it. You mentioned a lot of mine. The other, only, only other one I had from this year that I really liked, uh, was someone great, uh, which was the Gina Rodriguez, I believe. Um, like kind of not, not really rom-com kind of like rom, rom drum a little bit. I mean, it's funny. There's there, there's comedy too, but, um, the, the romantic part isn't the funny part. It's kind of her and her friends, but uh, about like, you know, ending a relationship about long, long distance, moving away from friends, finding kind of finding yourself, uh, you know, away from the friends type thing and all that. I really like that one a lot. Uh, that that one kind of left a little bit of a lasting mark on me too, but not quite in my top five. I like it. Uh, if nothing else, folks, you have gained a decent little list of Netflix originals to watch. Uh, we've each named our top fives. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at SoCo show pod or, of course, in the comments of this episode, wherever you may be listening, uh, what are your top five Netflix original movies? Was there anything we snubbed and left out completely? Or is there anything we should have had higher? Uh, let us know. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of Mambo Number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. All right, let's keep it in the world of movies. And we are going to go to this week's edition of Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right, making the quota. Seth has found a quote from a film. I need to figure out what film and what character are responsible for that quote. Uh, as I recall, we left it in a, in a tough spot last week, so I'm interested to see where you go with this one. What do you got for me? It's true, Your Honor. The man is some kind of rodent. I don't know which. It's true, Your Honor. The man is some kind of rodent. I don't know which. Okay, I... Damn it. When you said it's true, I went immediately to Ghostbusters um, and Bill Murray saying, it's true, this man has no dick. (laughs) (laughs) Which is one of the best quotes from any movie. Uh, Is that quote also from Ghostbusters? Yeah, and it might even be the edited version of it. Oh! (laughs) You were right on all that. (laughs) It is Bill Murray? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So he goes... um, Dan Aykroyd goes, um, he's saying something, and then he says, but the ghost got away thanks to Dickless over here, and he points at the antagonist, and then uh, they go, is that true? And then Bill Murray goes, yeah, it's true. This man has no dick. I love that. That's one of my favorite quotes ever. It's probably that. Do you remember his character's name? Um, I do, actually. Um, Oh, fuck. People out there are screaming at their car stereos. Um, Vankman? Yep. Yeah. Doctor, Doctor Peter Venkman. His uh, his female counterpart played by, is it Kate McKinnon? I, either that or Wig. I don't remember which one. Yeah, I guess I don't know which either. Ghostbusters though, that's a fucking classic. Um, yeah. All right. 
Rick Moranis. Uh, <laughs> Rick Moranis was the connection last week. And I don't know dick about Rick Moranis, but uh, I was happy that the one movie I know yeah. he's in was our. He's either that Spaceballs or Honey, 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 I Shrunk the Kids. So I don't know which one I was going to go with, but I went with, <laughs> went with the easier one. I like it. Uh, I'll be interested to see where we go from here. Uh, that was it for this week's Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right, we've talked about a lot of movies today, a lot of which have come out in the past, uh, but occasionally there's a film that comes out and we just don't see it. Uh, this is this week's edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're gonna need a bigger boat. All right, so Seth, you're up this week, and this uh, movie will come to us from a list that I've provided to you of movies that I'm recommending you see, even though you missed them when they first came out. So uh, what what do you got for us this week? What'd you watch? Well, um, you know, I, I talked about this, uh, I think, last week, just briefly, but, uh, you know, I woke up uh, a couple Sundays ago, uh, woke up early before, before, before football started, and I'm like, uh, you know, I... I I got to watch a movie for uh, for the Miss the Boat. Uh, you know, I, I, it's early Sunday morning. I, I want to watch something kind of lighthearted and fun. And uh, then I watched Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. And then I realized, oh yeah, I uh, don't have to do that until next week. So I watched that for no reason that time. But I'm happy I did. I was in the perfect mood for it. Sunday morning, uh, 8 a.m. Just ready, ready to laugh. I'm in a happy mood. Football's about ready to start. I was in the perfect headspace for this movie. Uh, and I can tell you that I did really, really enjoy Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Now, I think the reason I, I skipped this, because it came out a couple, not last Christmas, but the Christmas before, you know, it had been making a ton of money. Uh, a lot of people I knew had gone to see it. I remember actually going uh, the week of Christmas that it came out. Uh, I had some time off work, and like almost every showing was sold out. It was like hard to get a ticket to this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, even then I was like, I, cause I'm a huge fan of the original Jumanji, like pretty big fan. I've seen it a bunch, um, because it was one of the, one of the videotapes I had as a kid and my, my, my mom was a huge Robin Williams fan. So I had a connection to that movie and I've seen it a, a ton. And so I coming into this one, I'd seen the previews and I'm like, the cast is just weird for what Jumanji was and they're going into video games and it just seems like a completely different movie than the original Jumanji. And sometimes that can be really good for a movie. Sometimes it can be, be really bad. And in the case of Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, it, it was really good. Like the the way that they they shifted kind of the tone and the and just the whole the whole world of Jumanji shifted it into the video games to make more sense for now, and to kind of give it a new, a fresh flair and fl- fresh feeling. Way way more in the comedy side of things than the original Jumanji was. Um, but it worked. It really, really worked. Um, first, I'll say I loved uh, again how they did it. Like they they switched from the board game to the video game uh, aspect. I thought that was really cool. Um, I loved the references throughout the movie mm-hmm. uh, from to, to the original. Um, There's an uh, Alan Parrish was here, which is uh, Robin Williams' uh, character. Um, there was um, oh the the villain is Bobby Cannavale played. I can't remember the villain's name. It's driving me nuts now, but it's the same name as the villain from from the original Jumanji. It's like the same, supposed to be like the same, quote unquote, character in a way. A um, few other references here and there. I know like the house in this one is kind of based off of the original house. I don't think they could get the original house for it, but they kind of did that too. Um, all kinds of just little 
Easter eggs here and there that I loved uh, from from the original. So that was cool. Um, but then the cast, I you know I mentioned the cast for for this one compared to the first, and like again, very more focused on on very much more focused on the comedy and things like that. But great cast, like their chemistry is hilarious. Uh, the, the the cake thing was so funny with with uh, Kevin Hart. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a great scene. Uh, I mean, just overall, like the way that they took it was perfect. The the way that they took the outside characters uh, and then shifted them into like making their weaknesses on the outside, their their uh, kind of like the strengths inside, and and you know, like kind of just they really just took that and like made people made them learn a lesson in the end, which was cool. And, uh, it all just worked perfectly for the, for the comedic side of things. Jack Black was great. Karen Gillan was great. I mean, the entire cast was great in this movie. Um, I was, I was really invested in the story and to see what happens to all of them. I loved the, the video game angles in this, like the, the extra lives and the different levels and, and all that stuff. It just, all of it worked so perfectly for me. I really, really love this movie, and I'm glad I watch it now because I know the third one is coming out uh, in December as well. So, uh, I, you know, I have I have the perfect uh, kind of lead into it. Got a little bit of time to, you know, kind of separate myself from from this movie and the next one. So my anticipation builds for it. So uh, I'm very happy that. It, and this is the movie that I that that made me think like we should do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I this is the one that I that I was gonna watch, and I was like, you know, we should do a segment out of it, and. And you know that that's kind of where it all came from. So I'm glad I'm glad I watched it. I'm, I'm this is like the perfect. I wanted to watch it like in a morning in this headspace and like happy and and ready to just laugh and have a good time. And that's exactly what I got out of this movie. So I loved it. Glad I, glad I watched it and glad it was on my list. Yay! Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. Um, this is this movie surprised me. Like I went to this movie to be like, oh fuck that movie. And it, it, mm-hmm. like I wanted to hate it when I went actively. I went to hate. It the movie and it so caught me off guard and was enjoyable. Um, and I'm actually really excited to see the sequel, uh, which is weird. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me in my head, but I'm, I'm glad you liked this too. Cause there was always an opportunity, a chance for you to be like, no, fuck that movie. Everyone in America is stupid, but um, <laughs> a rare, a rare gem. Like you get so many movies you get now that are retreads or sequels or reboots that all suck. And this one, it seems sacrilege to say that it's better than the original Jumanji, but I like it at least as much, uh, you know, it, and that's rare for something that's rebooted after 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still a fan of the original more just because of the sentimentality to it, Robin Williams and all that stuff. And uh, you know, to me, like, they're just so different. They're mm-hmm. such different movies. Yeah. Uh, because the original does take place, you know, in the real world and stuff like that. And they bring the, the game of Jumanji outside and all that stuff. And uh, so it really is two different movies, um, but they keep the they kind of keep the Jumanji lore because uh, I know a lot of people made the argument back when this one came out, like, why do you even need to put Jumanji in it? You know, it doesn't need to be Jumanji. You can do anything. You can have just two, you know, a bunch of kids sucked inside of a video game. And they could have. They really could have. But the fact that Jumanji was um, the catalyst to it all and, and that they did include those Easter eggs and still made it feel like Jumanji without, uh, you know, making it too uh, without being too heavy-handed with it was was good i like that i mean having the added element of jumanji and the easter eggs really 
added a lot for me and made me feel like I was continuing the story. Because that was the other thing, too, is like I thought it was going to be a complete reboot when it first came out. I thought they were just going to ignore exactly, you know, everything that happened and just call this the new Jumanji. And the way that they, you know, had him find the the the, the uh, board game and, and the board game shifted itself into a video game and all that stuff. I was like, this is this is pretty cool. I'm happy that they're continuing the lore of Jumanji without, you know, uh, without kind of just making it shitty. <laughs> you know, it, it, it worked for me. Yep. Uh, dope movie. And to the people who made Jumanji the next level, you owe me 12 bucks because I think we just got Seth to see the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is awesome. I'm so glad you enjoyed this one. Uh, but your list now is down from five to four. So we need to make a replacement here. And I'm going to go with, the, I'm going to keep it in kind of the light, a little bit comedic, but I'm going to steer you just a little bit more dramatic. Um, a movie that I know you're aware of, and I've been trying to get you to watch for years. Um, and I'm, but I'm pretty sure you've never watched in its entirety on your own. Uh, I want to put the Truman show on your list. Okay. Okay. So as you know, this is Jim Carrey and he's going to, he's going to find out over the course of the film that he is the subject of a lifelong reality show where he is being watched. And, um, I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's got some Jim Carrey comedy, but also some pretty good dramatic stuff. And, and it's pretty, I think thought provoking. So I think you'll enjoy this one. Uh, not as slapstick silly as Jumanji, but uh, I think you'll find yourself laughing at this one. And I know this is one you've probably seen it almost all of it, like five minutes at a time, because I know you've walked in on me watching it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I definitely seen pieces of it. I know the premise and all that stuff. And I think I even know uh, the ending and stuff, but um, yeah, still, still be good to sit down and watch it all mm-hmm. at some point. Most stuff, yeah. You need to get that one. Uh, so, w- what is? Um, I'll, I'll read my list, and then and then you can read yours. Uh, I will be reviewing one of the following five films next week uh, because it is my turn. I'll either have Toy Story three, Call Me by Your Name, Wall E, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, or Tully. Uh, pretty stacked list on my end. I'm pretty excited to watch any one of those. Uh, and in two weeks, Seth will be back. Uh, what do you have now for your list of five? I uh, got uh, Silence of the Lambs, Nightcrawler, V for Vendetta, Steve Jobs, and The Truman Show. That's also a stacked list. We're watching some good shit. Um, so far, <laughs> so far, so good. I think we've pretty much everything we've, we've really enjoyed uh, as a part of this segment. So it's been quite the success. And uh, to the newest edition, uh, The Truman Show. You just made the list! All right. So uh, that's going to do it for this week. And we missed the boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, let's move from 2017's Jumanji on to some 2019 films. Uh, it looks like we have two of them to review. Let's jump into it. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! All right, Seth, you and I both saw the big release this weekend, but you also caught an indie film... Um, that, uh, to me was, uh, a secret. Get it? All right. That'll do it for the show tonight. Uh, bye. Uh, for those who are lost, uh, this joke will reveal itself in a second. Uh, Seth, why don't you tell us about this, uh, this smaller release that you caught? Yeah. Uh, why, uh, wow. I just lost everything there. Um, I guess it, I was able to uh, able to check out a smaller movie, like you mentioned, uh, Official Secrets. Uh, starts Kira Knightley. I was 
I, for whatever reason, I was having the hardest time during that movie. Sometimes, for whatever reason, I go into a movie and, um, especially like a lot of smaller movies, I have, I don't really, I don't see any trailers. I just see this movie's coming out, see this score, I go see it. You know, like on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Usually anything above a 70, I'll go see, no matter what it is. And so this is what kind of happened here. So I go into it, and I know Kira Knightley. I've seen movies with her before. She's typically in uh, in period pieces, uh, in, you know, uh, about in England or whatever. So this one was different for her. This takes place in 03. It's about the uh, about the Iraq War or the start of the Iraq War and kind of everything going on, why that started. But I could not pull her name. I was getting so frustrated, and it was keeping <laughs> me out of the movie forever. I was like, that's. I kept seeing like Catherine, like like Catherine Cat, like what what is her name? Kira Knightley, and her character's name is Catherine Gunn. So that the cat thing was Catherine thing was was trouble for me. But Kira Knightley, um, she works uh, for the British government in a way. Um, she basically what she does is listen to phone calls and. Uh, f- transmissions and things like that for the british government for not not officially for the the british government it's kind of weird like i don't know exactly and they don't even really explain exactly what she does because they they're not legally listening to people's calls but they are like they're not officially part of the government but but they are like they give this information to the government basically she just sits on a, a computer all day listens to recordings and tries to get intel uh, for for the government, um, for in terms of the background of the Iraq War, I know that there's always been a lot of like stuff coming out about that where that that war was not really started with like the, the weapons of mass destruction thing. There's always that debate going on: did they have weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? Did Saddam have them or not? The whole, I mean, obviously the whole thing with 9/11 was because of Al Qaeda, but with Iraq's involvement, like there was there was questions on how much Iraq was involved in the whole thing and and did they actually have these weapons or did they not um there's a lot of obviously like land and petroleum and oil in, in implications there like you know countries wanted that land because they there's full of oil and they wanted that cheap oil there's also too um some stuff about Bush and he's always had it out for Saddam because of what happened in the 90s with his dad so there's all kinds of like stuff and evidence and things like that piling up a, a whether or not this this war is legitimate, and that's that's what a lot of what this uh, 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 movie explores is. Kira Knightley working for this organization. She uh, gets an an email from a, kind of a memo that that the whole that her whole office gets that uh, the U.S. government wants help from the the British government to basically pass the war through uh, the UN and and to get this war going and. The information in this in this email or memo is is basically saying that this is all made up. <laughs> you know, like this 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 stuff is being pushed through by the government to get this war going, even though there's not sufficient evidence that this war should happen. And so she takes this email, basically she she copies and pastes it and prints it and then gives it to someone. So like there's no trace of her having this email. Like the, it could have been anyone in her office, basically. And so there's this, the reason the movie's called Official Secrets is that there's a, a law in the UK and, and a lot of countries in Europe that any sort of uh, intel, any sort of information, uh, secrets, I guess, that, that are owned by the government, that the government has, 
cannot be leaked. Uh, no matter if it if it you know if the information is detrimental to the country, that still cannot be cannot be released. And and obviously, like starting a war is detrimental to a country if it's not a real war. So that's why she released it. But that that's 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 a law. So that's what she was tried for. And so this movie is basically about that the trial and about uh, again the war and the evidence and and. Kara Knightley eventually, and you you see this in the beginning of the movie, she's on trial, so she she reveals this information. She reveals that she's the one who who uh, gave it up. But the movie is way more about like standing up for what you believe in and standing up for what you think is right, and and kind of the dilemma there because she's facing years and of her life in prison and being labeled as a traitor and and all this stuff, and so it's about like that balance and her lawyers are kind of going back and forth and, and, you know, advising her, you know, do you, you should take this deal or, you know, you should stand up for what you believe in. There's people on each side of it. So a lot of that debating going on and, and, you know, sticky, whether you stick to your guns and, and, you know, believe that you, what you're saying is a hundred percent right. And, you know, should you go for it versus like the, the legal system is going to tell you, no, you shouldn't do this. And, um, is the punishment worth what you think you should gain out of it? Can you live also, can you live with yourself with the information you have? So a lot of that, a lot of that in this movie, that's probably the biggest theme of the movie, but which is cool. I really like that part. The, uh, the, it's also interesting though, with just the, the whole thing around it, you know, the war and, and why did that start and all the information that's gathered and, and all that stuff. Uh, really liked a lot of this movie. Um, Keira Knightley is great as, as Catherine Gunn, as, as the person who did all this. And, uh, you see a lot of the struggle with her throughout this movie. Um, there's really not a ton of other huge name actors in the movie. Uh, it's a very British movie. So there's a lot of British actors, uh, but they, they do a good job of showing kind of both American side too, with through some like CNN reports and stuff like that, but mostly a British movie. Uh, I think my main, the main issue that I probably had that it took me a while to really, fully grasp is that they don't give you uh, a lot of background to what's like if you don't know about the Iraq war and kind of what led up to it and all that stuff beforehand especially with what's going on it takes a while for them to explain it so it was like probably a good 30 to 45 minutes into the movie before I fully understood like what exactly the issue was and then you know once you get from there because they do kind of tell it from the they, they show the part a beginning part of the trial and they even explain what official secrets is and then they go back and they kind of explain it again from the from the beginning of what's going on but they it just takes a while to exactly get what is going on so i for a thought for a second i thought i was lost but i realized oh they're just kind of slowly explaining it so um that that's kind of a, a barrier up front but otherwise i thought it was a really well done movie really well acted really interesting with some cool themes um i liked it a lot definitely would recommend checking it out probably not going to be near any you know theaters uh anytime soon it's kind of a small release but uh, if it is i would say check it out and uh probably not an awards thing towards the end of the year nothing like that but uh really really interesting movie especially if you are interested in kind of the whole 9-11 thing and then going into the iraq war this is something that we were both you know kind of we were both definitely alive for but we were both at least aware of you know back then Mm -hmm. uh what's going on there's a there's a part they actually show bush talking about uh, the, the, the conference he did, the, the, the address he did about starting the war. He said, we're going to war with Iraq. And I remember watching that with my mom 
Uh, I remember watching that exact thing and asking her, like, what does this mean? <laughs> you know? Hmm. And so it was kind of, it was kind of cool that, that I remember that and that they explained everything going on. Because I didn't know, you know, I just thought, oh, Iraq's bad because they have weapons. We're going to get them. But actually knowing what happened and, and everything that led up to it and, you know, really this war probably shouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, it was cool to know what was going on with it all so uh yeah very interesting i'd recommend checking it out if you're interested at all in any of that stuff man i love this um the fact that we're far enough away from that time period to be to start pulling it apart and and evaluating it historically like we saw this in vice uh we saw it in the um i think jeff daniels was in a series what was that called the tower looming, looming tower the looming yeah. tower uh yep. we're gonna see more and more of this and i love it dude yeah, I, I didn't even think about the Looming Tower, but that's another show I really liked. Yeah, I'm weirdly enough, I'm really interested in all this stuff. I'm, I'm I, it's, I remember a lot of this stuff, not necessarily vividly, like that that the Iraq War thing where he talked about it, like the, and and said we're going to war. That I remembered pretty vividly because I was kind of scared. You know, I was like, I didn't know what that meant. That was the first real war. That was the first war. That was the war that that I'd only that's the only thing I'd ever experienced for war. You know, like obviously 9/11 had happened, but and we we kind of had. We had, you know, had had done, you know, the the uh, attack, and you know, we had we had gone to war with Al Qaeda and all that stuff in Afghanistan. But like, this is the first one he really just said, like, announced, like, we're going to war. For mm. at least that I remembered, and so I had no idea what to expect. And and now, like, as we're learning more and more of this stuff, I I am really interested in more of it. So I, I, I'm going to take as many of these movies as I can get. I think. Yeah, I dig it. More and more to come. Uh, Keira Knightley always does a good job. So. Um... Uh, excited to see her in this. I would love, like, you yeah. get you're, what you're gonna have to do, Seth, is put together like a movie marathon of all of the movies and TV that pertain to uh, 9/11 and the Iraq War, and and make a nice little um, uh, master's guide of of how to watch them. I think that would be pretty dope. <laughs> um, yeah, I- yeah, it was nice to see Kira Knightley also not being uh, in 1862. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't. She didn't have as many puffy dress, dresses and corsets as you're used to. <laughs> um, she was wearing jeans and a and a sweater in this one, so that that was that was nice. I like it. Um, speaking of puffy outfits, our second film is one of the movies that I've been looking forward to most over the course of this year. It was supposed to come out in the spring, early summer. Ended up coming out just last weekend uh, in September, and it's Ad Astra. Uh, which apparently is Latin for to the stars, which I, I didn't know until the movie told oh. me that. Um, Brad Pitt stars as a, an astronaut, and he essentially is sent to go find his dad, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who is a famous astronaut in this world. And he's up to, for, well, first of all, um, he's alive, surprisingly, <laughs> and uh, they're sending Brad Pitt to go find him, which is essentially the plot of this movie. And uh, I, I think I know what you're going to think of this movie, Seth. Um, and, and I'll let you tell me. I, I won't speculate first. But from my side, I, I think the first thing that we have to say about Ad Astra is that this movie is beautiful. Like, yeah. it is stunning, the imagery that they're able... There was not... You may have found one. There was not a single frame of this movie where I thought, oh, yeah, that's CGI. Like... It, it, you could have convinced me they went to Neptune to shoot some of the scenes in this fucking movie. <laughs> the the one was in the beginning, and it's because my, I'm, I was getting dizzy. But I, the when he's there's a shot where he's falling, 
and I think the the earth is kind of a backdrop mm-hmm. and he, and he's falling and his his him falling looked really CGI to me but I mean like the earth itself and the the space stations and everything looked other than that was was perfect and gorgeous and made me almost throw up in the beginning of the movie <laughs> this is one I watched this in IMAX and it, it I could not th- there are there are flaws in this movie and we'll get to them in a second but it, it is worth to me it is worth going to see this movie and paying to see it in IMAX because the big screen yeah. you're gonna feel like you're in space everything is so realistic in this um there is excellent sound design in it they they mm-hmm. sort of they they decide you know, in different times, whether to have there be sound in space or to not. And I'm okay with that. I don't need it to entirely be scientifically accurate and the fact (laughs) that there's no sound in space. But I think they made almost all the right choices in terms of when to have sound and what kind of sound. I I would be really disappointed if this doesn't get a nomination for sound design as well as for uh, visual effects because you would be, you would not be it would not be embarrassing to watch this movie and think, oh yeah, they went to space to film it. Like it's completely reasonable <laughs> to think that based on what you see here. Um, the world that they build is fantastic. There's basically, this is this is far enough into the future that space travel is relatively easy. Um, there's tourism on the moon. There are mm-hmm. research and military outposts on Mars. And I liked that. Um, they They mm-hmm. don't go to the extent to like, it's the future, and in this year we went to space, and in th- they don't give you all that expositional backdrop, but you get to see just in the scenery that that's around and what's behind um, Brad Pitt in most of this movie that they've built out a world here where space travel is no big deal, and I really enjoyed that, and I really mm-hmm. liked the world that we were inhabiting. Um, Brad Pitt does yeah, a great the- job here. Is, is this the other pro? Were you going to say something about the setting? Yeah, the the world the world build is one of my favorite parts too. Uh, just like the the idea that, like you said, that you can go to to Mars or you can go to the moon and hang out for a weekend, you know, like that. That seems really cool. Um, the the thing too that I notice is like, uh, <coughs> excuse me, traveling to the to the moon looks more comfortable than traveling to fucking Las Vegas from here. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he looked like they were having the best time. He was like hanging out. He was looked comfortable. He was getting like drinks and all this stuff. I'm like, man, I, they need to figure out how to make people just be that comfortable currently mm-hmm. let, at, at a reasonable rate, let alone going to the moon. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was, a, it was a nice glimpse into, I mean, hopefully something that'll happen during our lifetime, but we'll see. But it was just really fun to like, imagine that world because it wasn't so far-fetched um Mm -hmm. it it was close enough to reality that you're like yeah this could be really fucking cool uh the world Mm -hmm. build everything and this is where i think seth that we're going to start to differ on this movie because i really like this movie a lot um i haven't ranked it yet in my in my 2019 list um but it has a it's it's gonna maybe flirt with my top 10 um because to me the the scenery the visuals the sound the world build and just the the general amazing filmmaking of this movie is enough to get me up there. Um, where okay. where where it didn't do a lot for me, and where I think it's going to lose more points with you, and I'll I'll let you talk about mm-hmm. this in a second. Is the plot of this movie is really thin, and they don't have a lot of depth here, like I hoped they would. Um, they lose. I, I guess maybe like the human element of this is something that 
w- fell short for me. And Brad Pitt uh, gives a great performance in this for mm-hmm. what it is, but his character on purpose is very emotionless and cold. And I think it takes away from my ability to buy in and get emotionally connected to him because of the type of character he is. So was that something that 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 you struggled with was the plot and just the ability to connect emotionally to this one? Because that's what I saw as a shortfall. Yes, but for me in a different way than what you're saying. Uh, because actually what I, what they did with Brad Pitt, I liked. Like if, if that would have been just... Okay, so actually I'll... I'll kind of started here because I liked the journey that Brad Pitt's character took from being a cold, emotionless person into breaking that down over the movie mm-hmm. uh, and and becoming more open and, and that type of thing. What I, where I was disconnected from really the about half hour, 45 minute mark on um, and even earlier, but it, it once they kind of, once I realized that that was the point of the movie they were going for uh, was Tommy Lee Jones to me seemed like he did not give a shit about being in this movie. <laughs> um, he he was just I mean part of the movie he's acting into a phone or a camera or whatever um, or just a camera probably not a phone and uh, so like part of it like oh I, I could I could take for that's what he you know he was supposed to be you know just like talking to just an object or whatever. Um, because he wasn't even looking at the camera for those. He was just, like, standing there, like, talking. Um, but even then, like, he didn't have any sort of a fl- uh, 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 fl- inflection in his voice. He's just mumbling through his, his lines. And then when they get to the point when he's actually on camera in this movie, I didn't... He, even then, he just, just didn't have any inflection. He just seemed like he didn't care. He just, he's, at this point, he's just too old to be acting, I think, because <laughs> he doesn't seem like he really cares about doing what he's supposed to be doing, and for me, when the whole movie is centered around, or a, a large majority of this movie is centered around their relationship, and when I don't care about their relationship because one of the actors doesn't care about being in this movie, like, I just didn't feel anything for that relationship at all, so by the time we got to that point, and the whole movie, he's trying to get to that, his father, I just was bored. I, I, mm-hmm. I was like, I had no reason to care about that. The Brad Pitt journey was interesting to see, and his performance was really good with him breaking down and, and finding more of you know, himself. But the whole relationship with, with those two, I didn't care about at all by the end of it. So when the movie ended, I'm just like, well, whatever, it was a movie. So all the stuff you said about the 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 you know sound and the the cinematography and all that stuff world build i was way more interested in the world than i was that relationship mm-hmm. i want to see more of that world that the first 30 to 45 minutes where they're introducing the world and everything like that i was in i was super in and then they kept making it more about that whole thing with with him and his father and that's like the whole theme of the movie is discovering that and like discovering yourself and and you know family and all that stuff and for me i just didn't care at all mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, that, that movie lost me it just completely lost me by the end yeah that was yeah something between yeah and and you're right I, brad pitt, i don't want i don't want to get misconstrued because brad pitt is great in this um mm-hmm. his character uh is he's he's well known for the fact that he never gets emotional like that's a part of his mm-hmm. character and they make a comment about his heart rate never goes up above a certain limit um mm-hmm. and Early on, I was like, okay, so why do I care? Like, you know, if 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 he's so cold and emotionless, then why should I plug into his emotion? And then you're right. Over the course of the film, he starts to kind of break down that robotic um, 
you know, those robotic characteristics and become more of a fully fledged person. But yeah, by that point, Tommy Lee Jones is such a robot that you're like, why do I care about the two of them? And if you don't care about right. the two of them, you're lost in this movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, the scenery and everything was enough to keep me interested. And I'm such a geek for space. I was totally boner motivated this entire movie. Um, <laughs> but if you're here for an emotional connection and a character arc and and, and this big plot that that... I came in expecting something that was going to be really like wide reaching, like transcendental, um, mm-hmm. like uh, interstellar type movie and yep. did not get that. And that was the thing I was missing here. And I think you would agree is the emotion. And mm-hmm. it just felt like kind of cold, the whole thing. Like it was, it was, mm-hmm. it was like a, <laughs> it was like a really, really beautiful woman who doesn't give a shit about you. Um, it's like, it's great to look at, but like, that's about it. You know? Um, I, and so this movie really, really, really could have reached for the stars. Ha ha. But, um, for me, it, it falls down into just being really good for me. Um, and just from a filmmaking standpoint was incredible. And so that was enough to carry me through, but it doesn't sound like this is making anywhere near your top 10. Yeah, not close. I mean, it was for me, it was fine. I walked out thinking that was just fine, you know, and, and you know, if, if you had any lesser of an actor and Brad Pitt in that movie, then it would have been bad for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, but I, I still appreciated. And for someone who is barely paying attention by the end, um, I I still enjoyed what they did with his his character and and the journey he went on you know that movie in terms of like the the changes he made as a person in that movie but yeah like for tommy lee jones and i haven't seen him be good in a movie in a long time uh it's it's just i I hate to say it but he just needs to stop i do think he just (laughs) needs to stop because i i don't know what he can bring to a movie anymore and i think honestly he probably was just brought into this one because he was the right age and he was a name Mm -hmm. um and he, he i guess he can still technically read the lines but <laughs> there was nothing behind any of them for me and i just i just felt just all of it felt very flat and empty to me mm-hmm. uh, uh like you said it, it was a it was a good shell of a movie a well well bit well built shell but it didn't hold anything inside of it <laughs> yeah uh with uh, and they did a, he looks i mean tommy lee jones looks like he might be brad pitt's dad i think that was that went a long way into it they show a couple shots of them and you're like okay that makes a little bit of sense but um I, I think that one of the things we can take from this is Brad Pitt is is great. And we haven't seen a lot of mm-hmm. him, but 2019 has been a good year. Between this and, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he was very well received, I, for one, am mm-hmm. very excited to see maybe what he comes out with next. Hopefully he has a little bit of a renaissance. Uh, I think you might agree. Yeah. No, he, he's been really good this year. I, he'll be nominated more than likely for uh, Once Upon a Time. But, uh, he you know, he's, he's definitely, you know, proving why he's still one of the top actors out there you know and and you know anytime he's in a movie he's gonna deliver in one way or another so i i that there's even the bad movies he's in he's always good so mm-hmm. uh you know it's for me even going in like if this movie had a, a closer rotten tomato score than than what i think you know i think it's for me this is personally closer to like a 50 60 percent movie um i i still would have seen it because brad pitt's in it yeah you know so for for him he, he keeps content for someone who appreciates you know excellent acting in, in a movie and in 
the acting in a movie is a big reason why I go to some movies, especially towards Oscar season. Uh, he's a guy that anytime his name's attached, I'm going to go see it. And this movie does not change that for me. He, his performance is great, you know, mm-hmm. so. No doubt, no doubt. So, yeah, whether or not you like this movie is going to depend on, you know, what, what do you value in a movie? Uh, if you want to go see some great scenery, some great sound, some great acting, uh, go see this. But um, it, it may fall short on the emotional connection uh, spectrum for you. So uh, we both recommend seeing this in IMAX. If you're going to see it, just enjoy the spectacle of this film. But um, we don't think it's threatening to win uh, a ton of Oscars uh, this this uh, this coming spring. So um, <laughs> if you want to see some space porn, go to Ad Astra. If you want to see some 9-11 uh, Iraq war uh, historical drama, go see Official Secrets. Uh, those are our two movies for this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right. We're almost done with our show. Uh, but before we wrap things up, we got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I want to start with a great story out of my alma mater, Iowa State University. Uh, Carson King, the Bush Light Kid, is uh, making making headlines this week. Um, he had a sign uh, make the TV feed at College Game Day a couple weekends ago, uh, asking for uh, for you to Venmo him money so he could buy a case of Bush Light. Well, so far, people have Venmoed him about $225,000 to buy Bush Light. And he has said that he's going he's gonna to buy one case of Bush Light and then he's going to donate the rest. And uh, Bush Light, the company, and also Venmo have uh, come in and decided that they're going to match the contributions made through Venmo. So uh, right now, a total of about a million dollars is going to be donated to the Children's Hospital in Iowa City, Iowa. As much as the internet pisses us off and makes us angry and sad, uh, just one of the great heartwarming stories that that can come out of you know something going viral on the internet. So um, I'll link to a story about this in the description. If you want to head over and and donate some to uh, to the cause, uh, you can do that. Uh, very very proud of uh, of the our home state of Iowa for for kickstarting a, a pretty big phenomenon uh, that's moved nationwide. Yeah, and I believe actually he's not even putting the money in for the Bush Light because I, I think Bush Bush Light is giving him a year supply for free, and uh, they're also going to put his face on the cans uh, that they're giving him. <laughs> That's amazing. I fucking I love stuff like this, man. It's yeah, and he's he, it's cool because he's been all over. I mean, he was recently on the local radio station here, and then he was on Good Morning America, and uh, he's he's been all over the place. And it's I think he's keeping it open until the end of September. Uh, so there's still a when this airs a few few more days, uh, if you do want to Venmo him some money, uh, they'll yeah the bush uh, bush lights matching, Venmo's matching, uh, and then his he works at Prairie Meadows Casino uh, in in uh, Altoona and, and he uh, uh, Altoona Iowa and and so they're they're giving him I think like ten grand uh, not 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 the matching <laughs> like the other ones are doing but yeah it's it's over a million now and it's it's rising so that's pretty cool. I love it. Good on you, Carson King. Uh, you get a shot. Let's give you a LeBron sounder here. Uh, let's see. What do we got? For three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! That's awesome, bud. <laughs> it's really funny, though, because, like, 
Uh, now every, there's a petition in Iowa for the the bush like cans of Carson King to be sold all throughout Iowa, not just to given to him. And I love how like whenever a story like this happens to Iowa, like in Iowa, people in Iowa are like, "Yeah, this is like mine too." <laughs> and so like they're like almost everyone from Iowa is like taking credit, like, "Yeah, this guy's from Iowa. We're great people. Like, look at us. We're in the news. Like, we're they just everyone's taking it in. It's like." Calm down. <laughs> this is cool, but you didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so you might have you might have given five dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Iowa people, calm down a little bit, please. <laughs> um, uh, my my one more thing has nothing to do with charitable actions. Uh, actually, maybe you you might you might get some enjoyment out of watching it. Uh, has gone has this has gone I think a little viral as well. But uh, the the YouTube show Hot Ones. Uh, had its premiere, and Shia LaBeouf was the season premiere. Uh, Hot Ones. Have Have you watched Hot Ones? At I all? never. I've not watched a single episode of it. I've heard it's really good. It's great. Hot Ones is great. So, if, if for people who don't know, Hot Ones is a YouTube interview show where uh, this guy, I forgot his name, um, he interviews celebrities, and I, the, there's a certain amount of wings. I I can't remember if it's ten or whatever. Um, but six, eight, ten, whatever. But they have there's a, a sauce for each wing and the sauce gets hotter as they go to each wing so by the time they get to the end it's like a million plus on the Scoville level which is like the hotness level and people are like crying and sweating and like people had to spit it out because it's so hot and because like wings are getting hotter like people tend to kind of lower their barriers in these conversations in these conversations because they're focusing way more on like not dying than they are you know to like be guarded and so uh get some really interesting ones the finale last last uh like couple months ago or a month ago was stone cold steve austin which was great uh but the the premiere is shia labeouf and as much as i love stone cold steve austin shia labeouf is crazy and i (laughs) loved watching this um honestly though shia labeouf I don't know much about him personally. Like, obviously, I know he was a child star in, in Transformers, and he had that whole crazy stuff happen where he got arrested, and he's been, like, doing all these weird things. But uh, him talking about a lot of that stuff on this YouTube show made me actually really like him a lot more. Um, he's really uh, actually a super funny guy. Like, he was cracking a lot of funny one-liners and stuff like that while doing this hot one stuff he's being really he's being self-deprecating in a lot of ways but he's also making fun of the guy and like the whole show and being like what is this man this is crazy stuff like that he's very he's from uh, louisiana so he's got a very just like southern kind of southern accent and and like style like a personality to him just like just very um very like laid back and chill but he's also like just funny and like cracking jokes and i did not expect that of him i thought i've always thought he's like a pretentious type of dude and he is in a lot of ways like his art and things like that but when he's just hanging out and doing that interview thing like he's very chill and laid back and and relaxed and he's explaining a lot of these things that have happened to him and a lot of it makes sense and he seems like he's a helpful dude too like he's talking about how he has all these classes in LA that he's running for like young artists and and helping out and stuff like that and um really made me appreciate him a lot more I like him a lot more now um again funny dude uh, that Honey Boy movie that's coming out about his life Cannot where he wait. plays his dad. I was, again, that was one I, I kind of came into it not excited for because I didn't like Shia LaBeouf as a person. I thought he's a douche. He had that whole thing where, and they show, I think they're going to show it in the movie where they do show it in the movie because it's in the trailer where he 
got arrested and he's like, I, you know, you know, you, you know who I am. You can't be doing this to me like that type of thing when he got arrested. And that left a sour taste in my mouth initially. But really like hearing him talk through, he doesn't necessarily talk through that, but like talk through some of the other stuff that he's been uh, kind of put down for in the media and stuff like that. Like the whole just do it thing mm-hmm. was the point of that, that him doing that was so it becomes a meme that like that, that was for a class um, to like help with uh, for a class that that talks about like meme culture and um, how stuff can go viral and things like that. That that was not him just being weird. Like he did that on purpose. Yeah. And I always thought that was like him being weird and stuff. <laughs> um, no, it was like he did that on purpose to prove a point and stuff. And just really interesting dude. And I'm way more excited for this Honey Boy movie now, knowing like a lot of people have talked about that one as like a potential Oscar thing because of his performance and Lucas Hedges and all that. And I'm like, oh, there's no way a movie about Shia Buff's life is going to be an Oscar potential movie. But hearing more of his story and seeing the trailers and all that stuff, I'm like, this it potentially has a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the review, review it came out, I think it screened at TIFF um, not too long ago. And I, the reviews out of there came out pretty great. So um, Shia LaBeouf for me is, is even just in that one interview has earned a lot more favor to me. So uh, definitely check out that that hot one thing. If you've never watched him before, I think this is a great one to watch. Oh, I might have to try it out. I, I love Shia LaBeouf, dude. Um, he, he's a weird cat for sure, but uh, I've enjoyed following these last few years. And Honey Boy, so the interesting thing about Honey Boy is that it's, yeah, it is based on stories from his life, and he, I think he wrote and maybe even directed it, and then he plays uh, the father of the main character. But the main character isn't named Shia LaBeouf, so I think they they can like it's like inspired by true events, but they can also you know more easily mm-hmm. get away with dramatizing a lot of it. So I'm I'm really stoked for that one. Um, I know you liked him in uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon, which I still haven't seen. So maybe a little bit of a, a LaBeouf assance. Um, so Shia LaBeouf and Brad Pitt, watch out for them uh, in in new movies together, since both of them are kind of coming back. But um, we'll see about Honey Boy. But you can catch. Shia LaBeouf on Hot Ones, Hot hot Ones uh, on YouTube, and then go donate to the Bushlight Kid as well. Uh, links to both of these in the description box. That's it for this week's One More Thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 113 of the SoCo Show. Don't forget, uh, we're now on Anchor, so make sure you go over to Anchor. Uh, we'll link in the description box to our homepage there where you can follow us. Uh, see all the different platforms where you can catch our show. And if you like, uh, support the show by uh, setting up a, a monthly contribution. Uh, as little as a buck will go a long way for us, so we certainly appreciate that. Uh, otherwise, help us grow our audience and uh, bring more folks along. So share the show uh, with your friends and family. Help us get some more listens uh, because now that we've got ads, uh, listens mean pennies for us. So uh yeah, we're excited to see what the next step in the SoCo show looks like, and it's all going to depend on you guys. So thank you so much for listening and uh, and for your support, however that looks. Um, hopefully you weren't too upset by our ads, but we are going to have some of those uh, from here on out. Next week on 114, you can expect to see the new release exam for the month of October, which I think is shaping up to be a pretty decent month as we start getting into awards season. Um, and we'll of course be back with, uh, movie reviews, TV reviews, and all sorts of other wacky shit. Um, but, uh, but for this week, uh, that, that's going to just about do it for us. I have been the co-host Cody Michael and for the so host Seth Ott, come on back for 114 in seven days. We will 
See you next week. Bye.